Chapter 18 of Paul the Dauntless. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Leeson. Paul the Dauntless by Basil Joseph Matthews. Chapter 18 Westward Ho. As he saw Eunice putting the last stitches to her Timothy's cloak and filling his wallet with bread and dates, cheese and salted olives, Paul could not but remember how his own mother had, years ago, made ready for him to go down to Jerusalem to college. Only he would understand much better now than he did as a boy the wrench that it is for a mother to let her son leave home to go far away. The trembling hands of Grandmother Lois told their story, too, as she filled Timothy's water-bottle and slipped an extra cake quietly into his wallet, while Timothy strapped on his sandals and took up his iron-shod staff. There were no luxuries, for they were on a campaign and must travel light. At last all the preparations were made. Then, with his own cloak, and perhaps Paul's over his shoulder, and with his wallet and bottle at his girdle, Timothy said good-bye to his mother and grandmother, and stepped out into the great world. Going under the arch of the west gate of Lystra, the three travellers took a road which Timothy knew well, the road to the neighbouring city, Iconium. Paul and his companions wonderfully represented the world of the northern and eastern lands of the Mediterranean. He and Silas were Jews and yet were both Roman citizens. Timothy was the son of a Greek father, though his mother was a Jewess. Greek, Roman, and Jew, they were a band in which the three threads of the empire were woven together by great love for one another and in utter devotion to their one king. Climbing over the ridge across which we have already travelled twice with Paul, they walked on all day. Before sunset they were among the orchards of Iconium. In that city, again, as in Derby and Lystra, they brought out the letter from Jerusalem. The brethren there brought out parchment and a reed pen and carefully copied the letter, so that, if any strict Jews came and declared that Greek Christians must obey all the law of Moses, they could bring out the parchment to prove that it was not so. From Iconium the three comrades struck across the shoulder of the Twin Peaks to the great Roman road. They trudged along the paved way for perhaps two days, till they sighted the aqueduct coming over the valley from the hills to Antioch in Pisidia. Here again they cheered the Christian folk, and left with them a copy of the letter that was their charter of freedom. Paul might now have turned, as he had done with Barnabas, to climb over the ridge of the mountains, drop down to Perga, and sail home to Antioch but he had in his mind a daring scheme for a far wider campaign. There, ahead of them, lay the road, calling them west to the great Greek cities of the Roman Empire. On the road the camels trudged, bearing their burdens toward Ephesus and the sea. With the crack of a whip and the clatter of hoofs the imperial post rode to the west, taking the news of the empire back to Rome. These words that Paul had heard as he knelt in the temple at Jerusalem still rang in his ears. I have called you to carry the good news to the nations. To carry his good news to these great cities of the West, where men came and went from all parts of the empire, would, he knew, make it certain that the story would be carried all over the Mediterranean by those who went out, in ships or by road, or talked in the market and in the countryside village, in the city forum and cloisters of the gymnasium. 
so paul led his companions out to the west along the high road of the nations that ran like a bridge from the east to the west the morning sun threw three purple shadows ahead of the travelers on the gray pavement of the road as they started out from antioch in pisidia on this new venture timothy strode lightly along glad to feel the open road under his feet and paul the great companion by his side paul was very silent as he walked thinking over the future hearing the voice calling calling him westward as surely as did the storks who were flying overhead as they passed by towns on the road silas might ask shall we not stop to preach here no paul said the spirit tells me that we must go on and not stay to preach in all this province of asia turning northward they walked for days sometimes just by themselves often in the company of a traveling band of traders they were still on the high plateau which in places became wild and rocky and in others carried them for many hours over the flat plain day after day they pressed on starting before the dawn toward midday they stopped to eat their food under the sheltering shadow of a rock near the stone mouth of a solitary well they rested here while all the country shimmered in the blaze of noon as the sun dropped lower in the sky they moved on again at night they slept the sound sleep of tired men in the shelter of a rough roadside inn undisturbed by the wild cry of jackals among the hills or the hungry howl of the wolves they would have gone on still further north into the province of bithynia but guidance came again through the inner voice of the holy spirit who gave strong sure leading to paul so they turned westward again leaving the inviting streams that ran down their glens toward the euxine and taking the roads through the mysia district of asia they crossed river after river flowing northward but never allowed the streams to lead them from keeping their faces toward the setting sun over bridge and through city and town unhasting but unresting talking of the work in front and the friends behind them at home the three great companions strode along the roman way six hundred miles now separated paul and silas from the brethren in antioch in syria and timothy had trudged from two to three hundred miles there was no spare flesh on these three companions trained as they were to the last ounce on simple food tramping the great road in sun and wind and rain timothy with the greek fondness for a body in perfect athletic trim would feel the taut wiry muscles working under his skin with ill-concealed pride bodily exercise has some value in it said paul to timothy but the active life of the spirit is good in every way they were now dropping down from the highlands of the plateau by a long broad valley to their right the hills ran down to a lovely plain but on their left the lovely mass of mount ida lifted above the valleys and looked out over the bluest sea in the world beyond the plains of troy paul might remember the story that all true greeks loved to hear in the immortal epic of homer and how the great armies of the greeks and the trojans on that very plain had been locked in frightful battle led by the heroes and how siege was laid for year after year around the towers of ilium for the sake of helen paul would be just as likely to know also that on that plain young alexander of macedon who later earned his title the great had landed with his mighty armies and had there put on the armor of achilles as though to clothe himself with the spirit of the ancient warrior hero 
yet on the day when paul walked down onto those plains troy saw a greater leader than achilles one who never sulked in his tent and as we have already seen a nobler leader than alexander timothy was filled with wonder as he looked down on the plain for he had never seen such a city as this great roman seaport of troy sturdy walls crowned with many towers ran for three miles round the city the marble stadium glittered in the light a lovely open-air theatre stood there under the blue sky facing westward so that the eyes of the audience would hardly know whether to look down on the play or out over the harbour to the gleaming blue of the sea beyond where the islands lay basking in the sun an aqueduct ran over the plain carrying water with healing powers down from the hot springs on the slopes of mount Ida. in troy there was a physician who it seems had come from a great city called philippi on the hills two days distant across the sea from the northwest his name was luke one day we do not know how he and the three travelers met with one another we cannot even tell whether he worshipped in the name of christ or in the name of aesculapius the greek god of healing when he met paul first in any case luke the physician quickly became a follower of jesus christ the great physician among all the friends of paul whose names we know and there are scores of them we owe more to luke than to all the others combined for he it was who wrote that book one of the greatest books in the world in which we read the acts of paul and the other apostles luke was very proud of philippi and told his new friends how the city which was named after the great philip of macedonia stood on one of the greatest roads in the roman empire the via egnatia this way ran westward across the province of macedonia for hundreds of miles straight to durachium on the coast of the adriatic sea whence men sailed over to brundisium and rode up the via appia to rome that night as paul slept a vision came to him he saw surely it must have been a vision of luke a man from macedonia holding out his hands and pleading with paul saying come over into macedonia and help us in the morning paul told his companions about the dream he had had they all agreed that god had called them to go and preach the message of the kingdom to the people in philippi and the other cities of macedonia going down into the harbor at troy they took passage in a coasting sailing ship she hove anchor and after rowing out between the ends of the granite piers of troy harbor they spread sail and the ship went dipping and bobbing out into the open aegean sea End of chapter eighteen